series on discipleship. If you have not been following them, I encourage you to go online and watch the series because I think it's a beautiful way for us to remember the invitation of following Jesus. The sermon series is simply called Walk This Way because we are invited to walk like Jesus. Can you say amen to that? Keep this little image up. I don't know if you've noticed, but if you see that there's a couple people walking upside down, do you see them? Those little things, say, I, 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 everyone was like, oh, I didn't know. They're upside down people. Why? Because when we walk the way of Jesus, it's not like the way of anyone else. It's an inside, upside down kingdom of God that he invites us to love when we're not lovable. He invites us to give grace because we've gotten grace. He invites us to walk in unity when everybody else is disunified. He invites us to receive love regardless of whether we deserve it or or not aren't you glad to be part of that kind of kingdom I know I am and to be a disciple of Jesus Christ means that we not just we don't just say what he says but we also do what he do or does and so today I want to simply talk about the self-care of a disciple the self-care of a disciple and really it's about developing and spending time on our inner life. You know, a bunch of years ago, maybe eight or 10 years ago now, I took a missions trip to England. I took a team of about 30 people. And if you've ever traveled across the country, around the world, you know that 30 people is the grace of God. Five people is the grace of God. But there were 30 young adults, and we went to this uh, worship event in England. And I wasn't really prepared for this, but when we got there, we found out that we were camping. Can we say, oh, Lord, help her. I don't know if you've known me or have seen me before, but uh, maybe you've noticed that maybe I'm not a camping kind of girl. I camp at the local Hyatt with fresh breakfast in the morning. That's my camping. So we had to set up tents, we had blow up mattresses that never stayed blown up. Can I hear an amen to that? And we're like, oh, the grass was wet underneath and it would seep in and all the camping people are saying, that sounds like a beautiful experience. I'm praying for you even today. And there was a whole bunch of us and we were loud and rowdy. We were jet lagged. We had, did I mention 30 of us? And we were surrounded by others who were British and from, uh, from there. And they were part of this conference with us. And we were all intense and it was dark. It was, everybody was ready to go to sleep and everybody's getting quiet except for us. And we're still talking and trying to figure it out. And we hear this voice come across the campground. It says, can you please be quiet? And the whole group, you know how it gets louder before it gets quieter, right? It's like shush, all the shushing and all the, everybody starts doing their thing to try to get quieter. And I hear one of my group people say, we're trying. And in response, we hear this small, beautiful British accent say, try harder try harder, which is not British at all because I don't do that. But sometimes when we're talking about discipleship and we're talking about following Jesus, we hear a small little voice in the back of our head that says what? Try harder. 
And it can be this works kind of thing of like, how do I do it better? How do I do it so that I can be more like Jesus? And I believe that today, Jesus' invitation is simply don't try harder, just come closer. Don't try harder, just listen more. Don't try harder, just make space for me to be with you. That is the true joy of a disciple. And Jesus modeled it as he followed his own father. See, discipleship is not about trying harder, but about intentionally walking in relationship with, obedience to, and imitation of Jesus. As disciples of Jesus Christ, followers, emulators, copiers of his life, character, and habits, say habits, we're about to learn some habits of Jesus in just a moment as we are following him. Jesus exemplified a life of spiritual disciplines that kept him aligned with his father. See, really, the whole call of discipleship is alignment for the assignment. Can you say amen to that? Go ahead and say alignment for the assignment. That is really the call of discipleship. And the reason why we need to be intentional about spiritual self-care is that everybody else has an assignment for us too. You ever notice? Your spouse has an assignment, right? It's the honeydew list. Your kids have an assignment. It's called, I got to get to soccer, I got to get to volleyball. I got to get to my friend's house, I got to get to the mall. I got to get, I got to get, I got to go. Right, moms and dads? Your work has assignments for you. Your mind has assignments for you. Your body has assignments and your body's like, go to bed, go to bed, go to bed. Everybody and everything around you has assignments for you. And so if we don't make space for self-care of the place in us that follows Jesus, we're going to get torn by the multiple assignments when really we just have to be in alignment with one and only one, and that is Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing that it says in Matthew. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and you follow the way of the way maker, what happens? All these things will be added unto you, will be added unto you. And so today I simply want to talk about how we can follow Jesus the way Jesus followed his father. And he did it with a little bit of self-care of his spirit. Self-care is a buzzword right now, isn't it? It's like, are you having self-care? I need a day off for some self-care. I need to get my hair done because, you know, self-care. I got to get a massage because, well, you know, self-care. Football for 12 hours? Of course, self-care. I got to go play golf with the guys because self-care. And listen, I'm a major proponent of self-care. Major, trust me. But I believe that the Lord is inviting us not just to care for our outer man, but to care for our inner man and woman as well. See, self-care has been defined by, defined by the Journal of Counseling and Psychology as this. It's a multidimensional, multifaceted process of purposeful, say purposeful, purposeful engagement in strategies that promote healthy functioning and enhance well-being. I need self-care after reading that sentence because it's a lot of big words. But the one that stood out to me was simply the word purposeful. See, self-care never happens by accident. Would you agree? 
You don't have extra time. You don't have extra space. Things don't just, kids don't go to parents and say, did you want the day off today, mom? Dad, today, it's okay. I got this. Your boss isn't like, you know, did you need the week? Great, help yourself. For the most part, if you're not saying, I need the space, no one has given it to you. Today, I'm simply saying, would we make space for spiritual self-care beyond the regular routine of our day in, day out rhythm? See, there's no greater self-care than caring for the self that is grounded and rooted in Christ Jesus. The new self, he calls it in Ephesians 4 and 27. The new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I believe that if we tend to the new self, the one made in the image of our creator, our external self, our natural self will fall right in line with that. And I'm also convinced that the greatest enemy of the new self and its self-care in Christ is our old self and the focus on the demands of everything else. There's different words that have been used uh, to talk about what I want to talk about. They're the spiritual disciplines. Richard Foster and Dallas Willard have excellent books on the spiritual disciplines in our app and on our online um, notes. You can find some links in the names of books if you want more resources to kind of figure out how do I do this internal self-care. They've also, but the word discipline sometimes scares people. It's like, oh, I got to go running. Nah, I'm not going to do that. Then, then it's also been called rules of life. It's how do I keep my life moving? That's an aesthetic term uh, that was used by the monks in ancient rhythms. And there's a book right now by Ken Shigematsu called God in My Everything, engaging ancient rhythms for the fullness of our present life so that we can develop an internal self-care system. But I like this phraseology most, and it was written by Jesus. And it's out of Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. It's the message version. And we're gonna read it at the end as a profession. But he simply says this, will you walk and work in my, listen carefully, unforced rhythms of grace? Go ahead, everybody, exhale. Jesus invites us to walk with him, talk with him, to have self-care with him in spaces that we have to make so that he can then make us disciples. Not so that we can try harder, but so that we can come closer. See, in addition to daily disciplines of prayer and reading the word, study, regular fellowship, do you know that this is a spiritual discipline right here? That we are coming together as the body of Christ, celebrating, confessing, rejoicing, singing. This is part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. These are known as the disciplines of engagement. We are doing something. But in Western culture and as Americans, and as a Tina Davis, I don't know what that is, we have an easy time doing this stuff. We don't have, we have a much harder time being this stuff. Just being. 
today I would like to invite us to consider not just disciplines of engagement, but disciplines of abstinence. Disciplines of making space, disciplines of making room, disciplines of saying no to other things so we make room for him. Three specific ones come to mind, which is the discipline of a Sabbath rest, a legitimate Sabbath rest. How many know we get a Sabbath and we fill it with all the things we couldn't do Monday through Friday and there is no rest? The discipline of silence, where we shut out every voice that's around us, but one voice, the voice of the spirit that is still and small and true. The discipline of solitude, where we make complete room that no one else can invade but him. See, the idols of our day are busyness, noise and distraction. How many can say amen to that? And to combat these vices, we must embrace Sabbath rest, solitude, and silence. Dallas Willard says, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. Busyness. How many know, and you've heard this before, I know what I've done. I have to, I talk to myself all the time. Anybody talk to themselves all the time? I talk to myself all day long. A lot of times it's out loud, and that's just how it is. But it's, it comes natural to me when someone says, how are you doing? Busy. How are you doing? Busy. As if I should have a name tag that says, I want you to know, I'm busy. As if I'm proud of it. And meanwhile, Jesus is like, hey, I need you to stop that because it is the one thing that's actually interrupting the space that I need to shape you, to make you, to call you, to speak to you. Intentional time so that we can be reminded and be aligned for our assignment. And ultimately, the self-care of a disciple is the focus on being overdoing. To be with him instead of just do for him. In case you don't know, I'm preaching myself right about now. It's to be with him and not just do for him. And our greatest example of spiritual self-care, I believe, is Jesus Christ himself, the way maker, the disciple maker. So can we take a look at him for just a moment? And through these next few moments, I hope to be able to talk about when do we need to make this kind of unique space of solitude, silence, and Sabbath a priority. How do we do it? And why do we do it? Is that all right? All right. Everybody with me? Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Our text for today is out of Luke chapter 5, verse 15 and 16. And it says this, but the news about him, that's Jesus, was spreading even farther and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Verse 16 is the highlight. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Anything that says, and Jesus himself, I stop because I want to be like Jesus. So when he says, this is what I do, I say, oh, oh, let me go ahead and take notes on that. Jesus himself did it, maybe it's good for me too. 
Jesus had just come from a super busy season. I don't think Jesus had a slow season. I'm going to go with that. Other than those long walks from Galilee to the next place. If you've been to Israel, it's a long walk. But he always had these 12 people always around him. And at least three people close by. Parents ever know that? You're like, why are you still here? Why is everyone right here all the time? And I think Jesus was like, everyone's always here right now. Here. All the time. And I need to, because Jesus was all human, right? When he's all God, he's like, come close to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. When he's all human, he's like, I'm going to need, I'm going to need some space. Can I say that about Jesus? But we're going to show that he did. When do we need purposeful times of spiritual self-care? Sabbath, silence, and solitude. I believe there are three places that Jesus exemplifies, even in just this passage right here, that is a model to us to say, it's time for me to make some space. It's time for me to do some self-care in my spirit that is more than just my daily routine. Ladies, we know we put on makeup every day, but we don't get our hair done every day, right? That's what I'm talking about. So it's like we got our daily thing, but then we got the self-care kind of part. That's what I'm referring to. Jesus had just come out of the wilderness for 40 days battling the enemy. He had just found out that his best friend John the Baptist had just been beheaded. He had just healed a leper. He dealt with a demoniac. There were crowds gathered around him. He was healing people left and right. In the middle of the busyness, there was a major demand on his person. And when there's a demand on your person, on your actual body, your mind, your skill... Your strength, your heart, your compassion, that might be a great time to make space. I know, we're talking about inside, outside, upside down kingdom. Because your mind just said, but how on earth would I do that? I mean, when it's busy, it's busy. That's not time to take space. Jesus modeled the opposite. He said, when my person, my being, my character, my reputation, my emotions, and my will are being the most taxed, that's when I need to most slip away and be with the one who knows me best. Today, I don't know where you're at, but maybe the Lord is simply inviting you to take a little bit more time to make space for him. When there's a demand on your person. Secondly, when there's a demand from people. The word of God says in that passage that large crowds gathered. Large crowds gathered. There were people who wanted more from him. Go ahead and imagine your mind the list of people who want more from you today. Right now. you like, actually this morning, I, I'm getting a text from somebody right now. They want more from me right now. When there's a demand from people, people were gathering and gathering and gathering. And you would think, well, the people are here, so I better stay. Nope, in the midst of the people, it says that he slipped away. Because he knew the demand was going to be high, which means he had to be all the more ready. There's a demand on your person, all of your natural resources. There's a demand from people for more from you. And third, when there's a demand on your performance, on what you do. It says that the people were coming around Jesus and they wanted him to heal their diseases and minister to their heart. Oftentimes when the demand on what you do is the highest, that is when the loudest invitation for you to slip away. And make room for the one who is aligning you to what he has for you in that season. 
Oftentimes we wear out, burn out, fall apart, and do things that we would otherwise not do because we have not made space to tend and do self-care to our spirits. Oh, what if we were to say, Lord, I want to make a new commitment to you. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how I'm going to sneak it in there. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But if I can watch football, if I can get my hair done, if I can do money, I can spend a little extra time making space when everything else feels like it's pressured. See, I like to think of it this way. When things, I don't know about you, but I, I have car issues a lot. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I used to have car. My cars have been saved, delivered, and healed in the last little while. But for a long time, I felt like every car I had was a bit of a lemon. And there, every time there would be a, rat, a shake, rattle, and roll in that car, I'd have to take it in for a four-point inspection. And that was probably those symptoms were like, somebody needs to fix this because something's off of alignment. And I believe that there's a four-point check that Mark 12.30 invites us to take. And this is a, a scripture we all know very well. Let's read it together. Go ahead and put it on the screen. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your, go ahead, heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And it goes on to say, this is the first commandment. I believe there's a four-point check that allows us to know maybe this is the time that I need to do a little bit more spiritual self-care. It is when I do a passion check on my heart. What is my heart running after? What am I most passionate about? If Jesus isn't the, right, the first answer, then we might need to make some space for some spiritual self-care. Where we do a character check, our soul, our will. Maybe we're fudging some things a little bit here and there. Maybe we're not telling all the truth, just most of the truth. Maybe we're, our mouths are getting a little sassy. Anybody ever get sassy? I'm preaching this, my husband's not here, because he'll be telling me to go get his, go say, you need some self-care from Jesus, because you're getting sassy. We need a character check. We might need some self-care in the spirit. Maybe a sanity check. We have to love them with our own minds, but our minds are full. They're busy. They're sad. They're anxious. And we need to bring them to that place where we've made space for him to meet us and to speak. Maybe we need to do a body check. How many know that it's holy to be healthy? And our bodies can get in the way of what God wants to do on our insides. And so we would bring our bodies to him and say, Lord, would you help me make this right? I just think that's an easy way to say, when do I need this time of Sabbath, solitude, and silence? Sinus? Not sinus. You don't need that for sinuses. Solitude and silence. Maybe we should do a four-point check on a regular and see when the Lord is inviting us to have time with him. So how do we do this? How do we do this self-care of the spirit in such a busy, hurried space with so many voices? We do it like Jesus did. There's just three things that he did in this very pas passage. And it simply says, remember, I'm going to say it to you again. But Jesus himself would often, I love the word often. Say often. Say it again. It wasn't that one time that Jesus did that thing. You know, I, I do that a lot. That one time I had time with the Lord that was really special. Often, he says, 
Jesus himself would often slip away. Say slip away. Slip away to the wilderness and pray. How do we do it? First of all, we do it by ourselves. When he's trying to do a check, a spiritual self-care, we don't bring all our buddies and have a prayer meeting. It's not time for let's read a, a book club book together about the Lord. No, this is about you and Holy Spirit. This is about you and the presence of God. See, Jesus had lots of spiritual moments, but even in those spiritual moments, listen, I believe you, he prayed, he read the word daily, he fellowshiped all the time, but even with those kind of rhythms, he often had to go by himself to cultivate his own spirit so he could stay aligned for the assignment. This may be harder for some than others, but I would encourage you, find time to be alone. Husbands, make room for your wives to have space with the Lord. Wives, make space for your husbands to have some spiritual self-care. Families, give this as gifts to one another. Because I promise you, when your self-care of your spirit is right, everything else will fall into place. He went by himself. Introverts, you were like, yes, preach that word, Pastor Tina. Preach that word. Send me by myself somewhere. Introverts, you don't get to bring your phone. You don't get to bring your television. You don't get to bring your favorite book. Because this is time with you and Jesus. Introverts are just as busy in their minds and in their hearts as an extrovert ever would be with their people. And we need to make space for him. Secondly, he slipped away. I love the term slip away because it's not like, you know, I made this whole thing and I'm telling everybody and I posted on Instagram, I will not be reached for 30 days. Please contact me on these other ways. No, no, no. He slipped away. Sometimes in some of the places where Jesus was missing, the disciples would be like, did you know where Jesus was? I didn't even notice. Where did he go? The people are looking for him because he slipped away. Why? Because it happened often, remember? And it was so important that it was like, I'm not really worried because I don't want you to talk me out of this. I need to make space. I will make room for you to do whatever you want to. Isn't that really the invitation today? He would keep it private, which is interesting because that's a spiritual discipline as well, to not broadcast all the spiritual things that you're doing. I don't mean tell, keep the bad secrets. But I believe Matthew 6 and 6 says, go to your prayer closet. And what you do in secret, the Lord will reward in public. And third, in the wilderness, he went by himself. He slipped away without any other influence in the wilderness. And in the wilderness doesn't mean go find a place where there's no running water, guys. That's not it. It simply implies a different space. This isn't your prayer chair in your prayer room. This is a space where it's unfamiliar and the only thing familiar is the presence of the Lord. This is a space where there's nothing that entertains you but his heart. This is a space where he invites you to have silence and solitude and Sabbath with him. Years ago, I had the privilege of, I, I, 
someone ministered this whole thing to my life years and years ago. And so I've purpose to have spiritual retreats every year, if it's for a day or 24 hours or 48 hours or whatever. And a, a few years ago when I was transitioning out of Deep Creek, I took a, a sabbatical because I heard the Lord saying, I need to align you for an assignment and you can't hear me, daughter. I was like, mm. He's like, you need to make space. And so I took a sabbatical and for the first few days I went up to the spiritual retreat center up in Richmond. And I said, Lord, I don't know how to do it this way. Like, I feel like I got to get real serious about this. And I knew he was saying, I need you to hear me. You can't hear me. It's busy out there. You're doing a lot of good things, but it's busy in there. And so I said, all right, Lord, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this, and, and I want to do it. I'm going to do some solitude and some silence. See, now I can confess it because I didn't tell you before, but now I can talk about it. And uh, some silence. I've never done silence. Can you imagine me never doing silence? I can't fathom that that would ever be an issue for me, not doing silence. And so I went to be by myself and I wanted to be silent. And I remember telling my husband, there, what, if I go and do, like, if I wanted to practice silence as a discipline, what are they going to do? Put a sign on my chest? She's silent. Speak not to her. And I'm like, how does that work? Like, do I lock a door? Like, how do I not? So I go to this retreat center, and they, they actually were well-versed in the spiritual disciplines better than I was. And they came and they said, what would you like to do while you're here? And I was like, I really need to hear the voice of God. I said, you want to pray? Yes, I want to pray. Do you want to be alone? Yes, I need to practice solitude. Would you like to be silent? Yes, I've never done that for a very long period of time. I would like to be silent. I don't know how to do that. I kid you not, and I almost put a picture. They literally put a lanyard around my neck with a sign that said, Silent. On my shirt. Why? So that no one else would try to engage me so that I could be purposeful in my moments of silence. Why? Because the quieter I got, the louder he got. The less voices I got in, the more I could hear his voice. I can tell you, it lasted 24 hours, and that's all the grace God gave me for that particular situation. Hallelujah. Some of y'all are much more spiritual than me. But hey, listen, we got to start somewhere. It was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had because I made room. It was a unique space now. And you're like, but I can't take a retreat and be quiet. Have you been around me for three minutes? What if you drove from point A and point B by yourself in your car with the radio off, windows up? What if you put your phone down and didn't talk to anyone, put it on don't disturb while you're driving and for 15 minutes you practiced silence and solitude in your car? What if you used your regular life and the rhythms that you do have because it's a rhythm of grace, remember? It's something that Jesus will give you opportunity for if you will, but ask him because he wants you to make space for him to do more than we ask for or imagine, more than the regular days, more when more is being asked of us. He says, if more is being asked of you, will you ask more of me and see what I will do to meet those demands all around you? I believe that was for somebody here today specifically. The Lord is calling you higher, and in order to go higher, you got to go deeper. Because if you go higher without deeper, you'll fall over like a tree without roots. And the Lord says, go deeper, because I want to call you, my people, to higher places, in darker places, with more demands that require more space to hear and be with the one who shapes us. As I bring this to a close, why do we do this? What do we hope for? What did Jesus experience when he would make these spaces? I think there's three things 
Three examples, and I bet you if I sent you off to go look for more of them, you'd find other ones. Do it. Number one, Jesus would go away before he would make big decisions. Luke 6 and 12 says this. Now, to, now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. He slipped away. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. You think that was a big decision? He didn't just say, hey, guys, put your name in a hat. Let's see what happens. So it wasn't a board meeting. It wasn't a discussion. He didn't call his closest friends and said, I don't know who you think would be good picks. No, he said, I'm going to make space. I'm going to slip away by myself and make room to hear the only one whose voice matters. And out of that, the decisions we make. Maybe today you're in the, on the, the crux of something that God is doing in your life. Would you make space to do some spiritual self-care so he can impart to you what he has for the next season. Secondly, to be ready. What is it? Be ready, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Isn't that kind of the phraseology? Be ready, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. See, I believe that Jesus would slip away often because he was always ready to do the will of the Father. He was always ready to move with compassion. He was always ready to heal the sick and meet the needs of those around him. He didn't have to go and so I'm going to go pray for a minute and come back to that need. No, he was ready, stayed ready so he didn't have to get ready. And he did that by ministering to that place in his heart. You can look in Matthew 14 and 23. He was ready for an to answer prayers. He was ready for the miraculous he was ready for the assignment. And finally, his spiritual self-care kept him centered and focused. And it will keep us centered and focused. Mark 1 and 35 says, Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. And there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Remember, he slipped away and he didn't tell nobody. He said, where's that Jesus again? And when they found him, they said to him, everyone is looking for you. In case you don't think Jesus knows what it feels like when the pressure's on. He knows. Everyone is looking for you. But he said to them, let us go into the next town that I might preach there also. Because for this purpose, I have come. He never got sidetracked, waylaid, confused, thrown off because of the demands on his person from people and his performance. Why? Because he stayed focused by making space for spiritual self-care. Silence, solitude, Sabbaths, places where only the Lord could meet him. And people didn't interfere. The Lord calls us to do, but he wants us to do out of the space of being with him. I have homework for you. You ready for some homework? Would you simply ask the Lord that sometime in the next 30 days, not even tomorrow, 
the next 30 days that he would invite you to do some spiritual self-care? What might that look like in a regular busy life? Maybe you have the opportunity to do a retreat weekend. Do it. Maybe he simply is saying, you know, that Sunday after church where you had all the other things busy planned, why don't you just go for a walk with me by yourself on the dismal swamp, but not with Pastor Melvin. He's got to go first because then it's not solitude anymore. Where it's quiet and it's just space to hear. I already talked about driving in your car without podcasts, without music, without anything but the voice of the Lord. I bet you he will be more creative with you than I ever could be. Why? Because he wants your spirit tended to more than you do. He wants to have room to move and do whatever he wants to. He wants to make space in the busy, in the loud, in the hurried, in the distraction. He says, if you're going to be my disciple, follow me even in this way. Church, would you stand with me online? Stay with me for just a moment longer because I want to close with the reading of this one passage and then campus pastors can come and close out. Can we read this as an invitation from Jesus today to tend to our spiritual self-care as only he can invite us? Would you read it with me? Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. May it be unto you as it was to Jesus himself. Well, I hope that you enjoyed our sermon today. I hope that you were inspired and challenged. And maybe you have a question about something that you heard in the message today, or maybe you need prayer. We would love to take the time to pray with you and answer any questions that you might have. All you need to do is simply send us an email to online at newlife.global and we would love to connect with you. Well, be sure to subscribe to our channel. You should see the link right over here somewhere and turn those notifications on. That way you are notified every single time we go live on YouTube. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you on the next video. Take care.